Hello and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Bipudi Tiger Cast. I'm your host Michaels and tonight we've got a very special guest with us. He played 87 games, kicked 12 goals, wore the number 40 and was pick three in the 2002 rookie draft. Kelvin Moore, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. No worries at all. Uh, we'll start off with the, at the beginning of your career. What was the process like going through the rookie draft? Did you have much contact with any other clubs? I was a little bit uh, different. I didn't go through the normal process, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't uh, play too much football growing up. I didn't play any of the TSE Cup. Um, I went to Yarra Valley Grammar, so we really just played school footy. As I was, yeah, I was pretty focused on uh, basketball at the time. Um, so yeah, I, I got overlooked in the, um, the sorry in the national draft, um, but then was lucky enough to get invited to Melbourne um, prior to the rookie draft. So I went down there and trained with, with them for a month. And then the night before the rookie draft, I got a call from uh, Richmond saying, well, we're taking you to mo- tomorrow um, at pick number three. So I was, yeah, and that's where I played my whole career. And once you found out you were going to be selected by Richmond and they read your name out, how long was it until your first day down at the club? Um, I think it was it was only a couple of days, I think, because it was, yeah, it was just prior to them breaking up for Christmas. So they, um, I went down there and the first thing I had to do was a beep test which I wasn't fit enough for at the time. Um, so, I, yeah, I ended up running that and then um, drove back home with Dad and I thought, what have I got myself in for? Yeah, I reckon most most new kids at the club would have felt the same way, no doubt. Uh, made your debut in round 11, 2004, against the Kangaroos. Coming from the rookie list, that must have been a great sense of achievement after the hard work you would have had to have done. Yeah, it was. It was. It's, um, I suppose it's icing on the cake when you, you put so much time and effort in. Um, and I was, look, I was a little bit different again. I was probably lucky enough to um, actually get a second year on the rookie rookie list because I missed a lot of footy in my first year. I, I had a few injuries. Um, but then they, I think they saw something in me and, I, yeah, they gave me an extra year. And halfway through that year, I was, um, yeah, put onto the senior list and played my first game, which, um, yeah, was very exciting for me and my family. Um, and, it, yeah, like you said, it was just, um, I suppose, reward for all the hard work that you've put in. Yeah, absolutely. And were you always a defender when playing as a junior? I wasn't. I played. I very rarely played as a defender. Um, I always played my football through the middle, um, on ball or then up forward. Um, so it was a little bit different learning the uh, ropes playing as a defender. I suppose I, I was quick, so I could always keep up with them. Um, but then, uh, yeah, it was just a little bit different down there, having the ball kicked that way to you. And rather than trying to kick a goal, you had to punch it over the boundary line. I'm sure you must have had some of the the other experienced defenders take you under their wing, did they, to sort of help you along? Yeah, they did. I was, uh, I was again, lucky enough to um, you know, play with Darren Gasper and Joel Bowden. And, and um, yeah, you, you obviously know how good they were for a long period of time. So I learned quite a few things off them. Um, and, yeah, so it was a, it was a quick learning curve, um, but one, yeah, that I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, that's good. You obviously played during some tough times at the club. How did you and the group cope with mentally with the, the form and the team during those times? Um, yeah, look, it, it was tough. Um, you know, we had some games that we, we played really well in, but there was a lot of other ones that we um, didn't play so well. Um, yeah, I think you just have to, at the end end of the day, it's, it's still football um, and it's not through lack of trying. So you just, you know, I suppose you keep your head down and, Keep working hard, and yeah, and, you know, and, and eventually it will change and turn around and um, start having a bit of success, which they are now. Absolutely. 
And in 2008, you had a, a pretty good year, finishing fifth in the club's best and fairest. You must have been thrilled to put together such a great year. Yeah, it was. I think it was just consistency. Um, we had a, a good um, year as a club, um, as a footy team as well. So we won quite a few that year and just missed out on finals. Um, so that does help. But I think I had I had a full preseason. So that's um, yeah. I, I think anyone that plays or has a full preseason. Um, they put themselves in yeah, pretty good stead to actually play out the year and um, play consistently, and that's what I did. I mean, a lot of players obviously play off a shorter pre-season, so it really does make that much of a difference, doesn't it, when it comes to getting match fitness into the season proper. If you, if you miss out on half a pre-season, is it too hard to catch up? It's very hard. Yeah, it is very hard. I'm not saying that players can't do it, but um, yeah, for someone like myself that obviously wasn't, it wasn't a superstar, um, you know, I had to I had to get everything out of myself to actually play well. And going through full preseason, you, you're giving yourself that, um, I suppose, the best chance to play consistent footy. Um, yeah, and so I think it's just it's just having that, you know, five months of training that you can actually endure anything um, throughout a game or what a game will throw at you. And like you mentioned before, you played with some some pretty good players, but the one I want to ask you about is working with a young Alex Rance when he first came to the club. Did you ever think he was going to turn into the player he's become? Never, <laughs> <laughs> never. Um, I always thought he was. I always knew he was. He he could be good, um, but when he came down, I we actually did a lot of work with him um, when he was a young guy. He was always fit and you know a good, very good looking man. And he was you know when he took his shirt off, he was one of those guys that was blessed that. He just had muscles coming out of everywhere. Um, so he always knew he was a good athlete, um, but he just had to – he was a bull at a gate. Everything he did was just 110%. Um, so he – you know, and that I think that reflected when he played, that he'd make a few mistakes and he would just rush. Um, but now he's got a lot more composure. Um, yeah, and to see him playing the way he is, it's um, staggering. And I, I can see him getting, getting better. Oh, yeah, really? I, yeah, I, I really can. Like he's yeah he's a superstar. He is. He, he might just find himself venturing forward a little bit more now after he kicked that goal against Fremantle as well. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other player you obviously played with uh, was Benny Cousins. So he wasn't at our club for very long, but from all reports, he had a, a pretty profound impact on the playing group. What was he like having around the club? He was good. Yeah, obviously there was a fair bit of um, you know whirlwind that came with it, um, but just to see him go about his training. Um, you know, he's, he was pretty. He was a quiet type guy, but when he, when you would actually speak to him, he was actually really funny, um, and he was just a you know knock knock about bloke that um, was obviously good at footy and and worked really hard at it. So it was great having him there, learning a few things off him. Um, I suppose you know how he got to the top of his game, and a lot of it actually drove a, a lot of players to actually train harder. Um, and he was one of those guys that you just walked a little bit taller around and just felt good being around. Um, so that was great for the playing group. That kind of come off as well, like watching from the stands, you could kind of see that was happening. And the one thing I suppose a lot of us noticed that the playing group started doing a lot more was like blocking, shepherding, all that kind of stuff off the ball. So I'm not sure if that was something that he really preached, but you could definitely see there was, yeah, everyone was walking that bit taller with him in the side. Yeah, it was. And I think they, you know, people overlook how good he was. Um, so, you know, back then when he was, you know, he was a great footballer. And just to do all those little things. And he knew what you had to do in order to, you know, win premierships. Um, and that's what, yeah, the guys tried to learn from him. Um, your career was obviously interrupted by the hip injury. What exactly happened with the hip that was causing so much pain? Um, 
Well, look, I had it's degenerative, so I've got yeah, I had shallow sockets as well, so they didn't sit sit completely in your hip. Um, so I had to yeah, my last operation was basically a pelvic reconstruction. So they chopped you chopped my socket out and restructured it and screwed it back in. Um, yeah, so that's what took my took me twelve over twelve months to actually recover from. So it was basically like having a um, you, you know a, a pelvic reconstruction or a car crash. That's what they kind of described it as. Wow. So it took a yeah it took a lot of lot of recovery and a lot of time and patience, um, but got there eventually. Um, it was short lived, but um, yeah. So I was, I was I was glad that I actually did the hard work and actually got back on the MCG. How hard was it being on the sideline for that long? Like, what kind of things kept you motivated to keep working hard to get back to playing? Uh, it was very tough, and you, you go through quite a few dark times. Um, I was bed-bound for a month. You know, it's pretty lonely. Like, when you, my wife would go out to work, and I would sit there by myself for 12 hours, twiddling, twiddling your thumbs for a month on end. Um, it was it was pretty pretty tough. Um, but I think that's a that's a good thing about football that it's bigger than one person. Um, so I kind of would go down to the club, put a smile on my face, no matter how I was feeling um, and do my part or play my small part, um, you know, in hopefully getting, getting the club closer to winning a premiership or, or winning that game for the weekend. So I tried to always focus on something other than myself. Um, and I think that's just, yeah, I, that, that's a card I was dealt. And um, yeah, you just—I was pretty—I'm a pretty positive guy, so you just go down and have a laugh, and then I'd go back to bed and put my feet up. <laughs> no, that, I mean that's an incredible attitude to have going through that. Um, and it was—I think it was reported that doctors advised you that you may not ever play football again, which kind of makes sense if it was likened to a car crash kind of incident. How hard did that news hit you, and, and how much more determined did it make you to prove them wrong? Yeah, it was. It's—it's it's never you know something that you love playing and you, you were doing for a job. Um, to walk into a, you know, a um, surgeon's rooms and walk out, walk in there going, he's going to fix me, and then walk out him saying that you'll never play again. Um, it's pretty, it's a pretty tough, tough um, conversation to have, but I suppose it does just drive you. And I, I don't like people telling me, even I get into trouble now. Like when my wife says I can't do something, I te- generally do it. So it's a bit, it was a bit the same. Yeah, him telling me that, look, I'll probably never play again, just was more determined to actually prove him wrong. Um, so I did everything I could and, um, yeah, I, I ended up playing. Yeah, like I said, it was short-lived, but um, I ended up doing it. Now you proved a point, that's for sure. Yeah. So I think your first game back, I believe, was against the Gold Coast Suns. What was the moment like for you being able to get back out in the ground after that long out of the game? It was great. Yeah, the whole, um, you know, travelling with the team again, um, staying in the hotel, Going to the team meetings, doing all that kind of stuff is, you know, something that you miss. And travel, always travelling together is great fun. Um, so the game, uh, which we'll touch on shortly. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it was, um, yeah, it was a great, great trip. And I think you just, it's a bit of relief as well that you, um, you've done all the hard work. You've finally, finally got there. As a, it was a twelve-month recovery. And yeah. So it was great. It was really good. Did it feel like it was your first game again in terms of nerve? It did. It really did. Yeah, I've been out of the game for um, so long that you felt like a, and I was feeling good as well. So yeah, you felt like a, you know, a new recruit playing his first game, um, and that's what the boys treated me as like that as well, which was great. Yep. So yeah, it was it was good just to be out there, and it was a nice night, and you know, playing up there is a bit warmer weather, 
Um, but then the siren went and the kick happened and <laughs> it came crashing down. Speaking of the, the kick, um, what happened in the last 25 seconds? Do you remember much of how that kind of played out? I do. Yeah, like it was yesterday. It was um, it was funny how it happened. I yeah, Shane Tuck had the ball and he was, you know, I was I was sitting out in the wing um, by myself. I probably had fifty meters in the clear, and I was waving my arms. I was like, "How good is this? Uh, <laughs> they're going to kick it to me. The siren's going to go, and you know, this what dream made of. Um, we'll win the game. Nice close one, but." Yeah, it was, it was kicked down the middle. Tommy Derrick's dropped a mark, and next minute it was down um, and Carl Marco Hunt had taken the mark, and he was lining up for goal. I, I can't imagine what was going through everyone's head when it was Carl Michael Hunt, of all people, the person yep. who played the least amount of football out of everyone, having that shot. Um, what was the team meeting like after the game? Was it pretty flat? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't much said. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a great feeling. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, it was just one of those. Like, we could not, we couldn't believe that it actually happened. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was an interesting meeting on that following Monday. Yeah, uh, that's one of the reviews you'd probably want to skip. I'm tipping. Yeah, it's but yeah, you're you're quite happy if you come down with gastro or something and can't make yeah. the team meeting. <laughs> So you ended up announcing your retirement effective immediately in August 2012. Um, yep. The hip injury, was that the catalyst for, for that happening? Yeah, it was. I, I was getting a little bit... Well, I ended up playing three, and I was getting a little bit sore and sore each game. Um, and I ended up going in to see uh, my surgeon and explaining you know, what was happening. And then he, he basically said, you're going to have to give it away. Um, you know, my hips were, were pretty bad and, um, and and at the time, you know, like it is pretty tough to tough to take, but when you can't, it's so hard AFL um, and if you can't do everything you can to play or train, train at that, you know, top level, it makes it very hard to compete, you know, in the, on the middle of MCG um, running around with someone that, you know, is 100% fit when you know yourself um, that you're probably, you know, 60% and it didn't sit well with me. Um, you know, I thought about trying to fool the doctors and saying, yep, no, I feel good, I feel good, just to get out another 13 games so I could get 100. Um, but, yeah, that didn't sit well with me. I thought, you got, yeah, I can't be taking up someone else's spot um, that, you know, might go on or it might be, you know, an Alex Rance that goes on and plays, you know, 200, 300 games. Um, whereas I, yeah, it didn't sit well with me that I could take someone's spot that that could possibly, um, you know, become a great player. And you know that kind of attitude is why all the fans in the club loved you because it's just such an honest response. So, but more importantly, how's the hip now? Is it still giving you trouble, or it's not too bad? It does give me a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, I, you know, even just putting your shoes and socks on in the morning, um, it's yeah, it's not great. But at the end of the day, you just you know, footy was great. I love playing it. I'll go back and do it again, even if it would, it would mean going through all the surgeries and everything. Um, but, yeah, there's – and, again, there's – I can't complain too much. I, I got the opportunity to play. Um, a lot, and there's a lot of, lot of other people in the – off – or, sorry, there's a lot of other people worse off in the world um, than what I am. So, yeah, I, I can't complain too much. Yeah, and after retiring, you obviously stayed on board and became the runner. Um, yep. What was that experience like? It was good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. It was um it was a great experience to see it from the coach's point of view and I I'll go to the coaches' meetings and 
things like that. So you kind of it it made me think what was said about me in those meetings. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was even just you know being down on the bench and um, you know working with the players. Although it, it was probably the closest I could be without being out there and um, out having getting a kick myself. Um, it was the closest I could I could be, or the, I suppose the next thing, next best thing, rather than playing. So it was it was a great experience. Did instinct ever take over at all? We almost thought to go and mark the ball or grab it or tackle someone. <laughs> there was a few times that I would just find myself filling a hole. <laughs> or you'd just be, you'd just feel, yeah, you'd have to tell yourself, no, get off, like <laughs> run off. You're not playing. So it was, um, yeah, well, it was interesting. So and you, or you just stand out there and start watching the game. Yeah, and just get absorbed in what's happening. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you find it was much of an advantage for you having good existing relationships with the players when it came to delivering messages? Yeah, I thought it was, and I think the players um, thought that too because it was you, you still know the game plan. Um, I was only six months out of the game at that that stage, um, so you still know exactly what's going on. You've got good relationships with the players, um, so you can become another coach essentially out there. Um, and I think that that worked well, and you could also also knew how our players responded um, to different types of messages, um, positive or negative. Yep. So I'd have to have to be a little bit of a filter sometimes. Um, yeah, because it was the forwards often took the messages um, differently to what the midfielders did, and the midfielders um, took it differently to what the uh, what the defenders did. So fair to say you had to alter the tone or the wording of messages that Dimmu gave before passing it on? Yeah, I found that all the forwards are very precious <laughs> and, they ne- and they never do anything wrong. <laughs> uh, and surely there's some funny stories to come out of being a runner. Yeah, oh, I think the, the funny, yeah, at the time like there was still Jake King and um, Jack Rewalt down there, so I'd have to run out to them. And they knew exactly what I was going to say, but I'd have to pump them up first to get yep. their attention. I'd say, oh, that, how good was that? You know, that's really great. And their their eyes would light up and their ears, oh, yep, oh, yep, Talk, tell me some more. And then you'd say, but maybe, maybe try this next time. And then, uh, then they'd probably abuse me and I'd run off, but uh, hopefully I got the message through. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure you could just all laugh about it later, some of the things they must have said to you on the field. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, like I said, they were never, uh, never in the wrong. And after you finished up doing the running, uh, you obviously stepped into the hospitality business, opening up the Sporting Globe on Bridge Road. How yep. did that all come about, and how's business going for you now? Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to um, one of my mates, or sorry, two of my mates that I went to school with, um, started the company, so it's a franchise, um, and we call, we catch up every um, every year for a big dinner with all our mates, and I showed a bit of interest, and they ended up saying that they had a site that they were looking at um, on Bridge Road. So that's how that came about, and um, yeah, so we opened that up on, in May 2014, um, so three and a half years ago, yeah, and it's been going really well. Yeah, have been really busy, which is good, so I've been, yeah, learning a lot, and yeah, again, it's a team environment. You're working with quite a few people or employees, um, so it is, again, it's been a great experience, and I've learned a lot, and I'm, yeah, really glad that I've done it. Would have been packed out for the McGregor Mayweather fight, I'm tipping? Yeah, we were booked out about a month in... In oh, advance. wow. Uh, yeah, we had a line-up at 8 in, 8 in the morning, and um, yeah, it was a big day. It was great, though. Bet you're glad it went for the uh, 10 or 11 rounds, and it wasn't over in two. Yeah, they you make more money and they drink more, so uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the longer the better. 
And outside of work, obviously you're coaching now as well. Um, how's that experience been for you? And is it something you might look at getting into at a higher level? Yeah, it is. It's been good. It's been, again, another learning curve. I, I did a little bit of coaching um, a few years ago at Scotch College, just with the um, first 18 side, um, and then moved into coaching Montrose out in the east. It's not far from where I grew up. And it, yeah, we didn't we didn't have an overly successful year, but um, yeah, it, you just develop as a coach and you work out um, how blokes learn and um, different ways that they improve. And I, I do enjoy watching guys dedicate themselves um, and actually improve and get the results on game day. So that's something that I do, yeah, quite passionate about. Okay, and is there scope for you? Do you think to go a little bit high with it, or are you just content at the local level? Um, yeah, I'm, that's probably what I'm weighing up at the moment. Um, it is tough. It's quite consuming. It's, you have to put in quite a few hours, and it is at the moment. It is hard with working hospitality, um, but I think it is something that I might look into, yeah, over the next few years. That sounds good. I'll, yeah, I think you make a great coach with that kind of attitude. Um, and your thoughts on the current Richmond team in 2017? We've obviously just won our first qualifying final since 2001. It must be pretty exciting to watch the boys go through all that. It is, um, particularly when we've been been down for so long you know, over the last decade that finally you can see, you know, the hard work is paying off. Um, and it's not that, you know, in that time, it's not through lack of trying. I think that's what one thing people don't realise. It's even when you're losing, you're probably trying harder and probably training harder. Um, so for them to actually get a bit of um, success now and just really gel as a team, um, you know, yeah, it's, it is very exciting. And at the start of the year, how did you think the team was going to fare? Because we're obviously widely tipped to finish bottom four or somewhere around that mark. What were your views on the team at the start of the year? Yeah, and working at a pub, we obviously talk football a lot and we had this chat after last season. And I said to everyone that um, I said, you'll be very surprised um, at how well they go next year. Um, I knew that they were going to get a few good recruits in. Um, and I think, I think they've just eventually it clicks, you know, when, you, when you're on that verge of, you know, you make finals or around that um, 6 to 10 mark, eventually um, it all just falls together. And for some reason I just I had a feeling that it, that it would. Um, and I said people, yeah, told people that I wouldn't be surprised if they made the top four. That was a big call and a, a correct one. That, um, do you, how do you think they're going to go on the prelim? Do you, do you think they're a chance to go all the way? I actually really do. Yeah, it's probably this week, or I went to the game on um, Friday night, and you sit there and watch it, and you you came. Oh, I came away thinking that they can generally play like in a grand final. Um, again, I don't want to get too carried away, and um, but yeah, if they play like they did on Friday night, I, yeah, I believe that they can beat anyone in the competition. Um, but it is hard because the, the competition is so even. Um, you don't have to be too much off. Um, you know, each each game that you you could just uh, be the deciding factor, but yeah, if they play like they did, yeah, they're a great chance of winning um, a premiership. And from a, a match fitness perspective, having two games in twenty six days, do you think that's going to be an advantage or a disadvantage for the playing group? Oh, tough question. It's um, I think you can probably look at it both ways. Yeah, they can continuity. Um, Playing in playing games is always great, um, but it's yeah. But then that you think they will go in um, feeling really fresh. So hopefully they do, and hopefully they still train 
and I'm sure they will train hard on the track. So they're still getting that fitness and um, still getting that match-like scenario. I suppose that's the beauty of the the GPS tracking these days is they can still monitor the numbers on the track and make sure they're hitting whatever targets they need to hit. Because I kind of felt like at three-quarter time that the message may have been, you know, you get over the line, you've got another week off. So just have a fair income crack and you can recover all you want. Yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, it's a real science these days. Um, you know, that everything's monitored and, you know, with all the GPS units, they know exactly what how hard people are working. Um, so, yeah, they do monitor that very closely. Um, yeah, so I'm sure they've looked at all that and they'll, they'll um, actually work hard, as hard as they need to on the track to simulate a game. Um, but they, having said that, they'll still come in feeling pretty fresh next weekend. I'm looking forward to it. And before we let you go, we had a, one, a question from one of the posters on the board. The username's Kiwi Tiger, and his question for you was, what are the challenges in running a pub facility, and what did you learn from football that you now apply in running a Sporting Globe business? Yeah, I, I think it's, like I said before, it's just a, a te- real team environment. Um, and I think that if, same with game day, you know, playing out in the MCG, if everyone is pitching in and doing their bit, everything runs smoothly. But it's as soon as someone starts slacking off and um, not playing their role or not, you know, in the pub game now, it's you know not looking after your section or something like that, that things um, spiral out of control. But I think it, you still need to enjoy what you do. And that's what I try and do with my staff. So we, you know, we'll go out for a few staff drinks and that after if we've had, you know, a big weekend, um, you know, just to reward your staff. Because at the end, end of the day, they'll enjoy working there they'll turn up with a smile on their face our customers will have you know a better time um and that's what we're all about no, that's a brilliant philosophy and it's uh apparently more workplaces had that same attitude yeah we'd have a lot more happy people in workplaces yeah, that's true <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming on calvin really appreciate your time and good luck with the sporting globe business and hopefully we can see you in the coaching ranks soon down at richmond at some stage potentially fantastic yeah pleasure Thanks very much for having me. No worries, mate. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers.